Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 169 of the weekly Wheatley podcast. Thank you very much for joining us wherever you're doing so. Um, a big thanks to Bernie Woods who came on last week. Um, a creative, mindful practitioner for kids uh, talked about being a teacher and bringing that kind of... Um, to the attention of children when they're talking about art and we're talking about creativity but also talking about kind of the, the mindfulness side of things bringing that to like four and five year olds I think is, is, is amazing because I definitely didn't have any of that when I was a kid and uh, maybe I could have done with something but uh, yeah she was great so go back and listen to it and you know you can uh, find all Bernie's details on on the podcast as well to um, follow her um, also if you want to check out another podcast there's one called Lucky Works Co podcast that's a bit of cross promotion there I am involved with it I'm in the room while Josh makes a lot of sense and I just sit there and listen. But sometimes I speak, but not as often as I do in this one. Um, yeah, so check that out. It's on all the podcast platforms anyway. Um, this week, our guest is an artist and an illustrator, and her name is Emer Brennan. How are you doing, Emer? Good, thanks. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, the first... Uh, I, I, this was interesting, Emer, because we, we will obviously talk about the art, but when I... Um, came across your art in Dunleary in in the People's Park you had a, you had a, a stall there and I and I admired the stuff but in the last few days um in the kind of build up and I was writing some questions I started to notice and I'm sure you did as well the first like buds of spring proper spring you know the weather was coming out and it, it I, I had your card here now this probably won't focus because it usually doesn't when I try to show something but the, it, it reminded me of that's not too bad actually I can kind of see mm-hmm. it but it reminded me of that like idea of spring and you know uh things growing again and and positivity i guess is is the way i was kind of looking at it and uh i think it it led beautifully into this interview i timed it perfectly um very unintentionally um could, after that long drawn out um intro we'll start where we always do could you give us a history of your upbringing please imar sure yeah um so i was born in dublin and I still live in Dublin. Um, I was born into quite a big family, so I have five siblings. Um, let's see. Um, I suppose growing up, as you're just speaking about nature, there we would have actually spent a lot of time in Kilkenny. Yeah. Um, my dad's from Kilkenny, so we would have spent like a lot of our summers there. Um, and sometimes weekends. And uh, Kerry as well. My mom's from Kerry, so sometimes we'd go there, but not as much. You know, it took four and a half hours to get there. Yeah, back. <laughs> yeah. Back different. In the 80s. Um. So yeah, growing up, I I was really lucky that even though I I I was born in Dublin and lived here, I had another side, which was where I think I got all the my love for nature, just mm-hmm. being out in fields, and you know, going down to the river, and um. Yeah, just I just have good, really good memories of being outdoors, and I think for me it was I associated very much now with freedom and not with school or so. Um, yeah, that was and yeah, what else? Growing up, I suppose we would have had like a lot of books. You know, we grew up with all the Enid Blyton books, the Naughty books, Famous Five, um, all Enid Blyton's kind of fairy books, um. What else? Uh, yeah, and then later on, like all, I would have read a lot of, I suppose, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff was there very when I was very very young. Um, and I suppose it's come back later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. What else? Um. Yeah. So that was, 
growing up it was a very busy house i think i suppose having that many kids around um and yeah i think um and you sorry but so you always you obviously when you say grew up in dublin like you went to school all throughout your school years in dublin yeah yeah and then when you uh went on to college and i'll i'll talk uh, i'll ask you a little bit about that as well that was you stayed in dublin for that as well oh yeah 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 Yeah. no i was here the whole time yeah But um, I just think I suppose it got exposed. I, if we hadn't had that, I probably wouldn't have been as exposed to nature as, as uh, yeah, if I had it just been here. Um, I think your art would have been a little bit different as well if you, maybe. maybe yeah. yeah, I wonder would I even have done it. I don't know. But I suppose my dad would have been, he, he's a really key, big gardener and it was a lot of it was through him. He's, mm-hmm. you know, when he we, he used to have us out in the garden where we were younger and he would have handed us like earthworms and spiders and wood lice. And he'd tell us how how wonderful they were and spiders and the the he loves um, hoverflies. He's just like oh. obsessed with hoverflies and how they move. And he'd be like, look, look at how they move. And, you know, <laughs> um, so I think from, yeah, from a very young age, we had such a, 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 you know, he had so much um awe for nature and he passed it on to us but it was always the little creatures like the snails and um so we kind of were never afraid of them or never you know creepy crawlies as they'd be called um they were just he used to call them it was funny he doesn't call them that now he used to call them holy god's creatures right (laughs) yeah now he'd say mother nature's creatures but um, so they were really held like almost in reverence that this amazing creation and nature and yeah. So well, maybe maybe if I hadn't gone to Kilkenny, you know, he, even just in the back garden, you don't have to, you know, go outside of them to, to find nature. Yeah, I think so, um, I think like that kind of enthusiasm that your dad had yeah. is is bound to kind of rub off, you know, that kind of uh, any because you. You see it through parents more, I guess, but you also see it through friends with, um, as you're growing up, maybe music. You know, someone will say, like, you got to listen to this song. It's unbelievable. And sometimes they're a letdown. But most of the time, you feed off what they're, you know, yeah. putting out there. And I think if your dad is, is so um, enthusiastic in, into these smaller animals, which people probably don't appreciate as much, yeah, it, it, it kind of rubs off on you. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was really, um, yeah, and there used to be, like, loads of... Um, you know, nature books at home and all those little, I, for my birthday, I often used to ask for, <laughs> I was really nerdy, I used to ask for like nature history, you know, ID books. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, and then I used to, I loved feeding the birds. So um, I used to feed the birds when I was younger and I had binoculars, I used to watch them in the garden and I used to identify them, like the males and females. This is like when I was, I don't know, about eight or nine. And wow. um. I didn't really think, yeah, it was just, I was just interested in it. And then we lived near Bull Island as well. So we used to go down there with my dad and watch bird watch as well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of, my, my dad is, is big into bird watching, you know, like he, he loves oh, kind nice. of, yeah, he, lo- well, he loves the kind of the watching the activity of the different birds, you know, like throwing out a bit of, of, um, bit of food or whatever and then seeing the different ways that like the small ones will wait till the big ones get out of there. And then there's, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of, um, thing. And I don't think I, appreciated it that much but again it's that idea when somebody starts to talk to you about stuff in a way that they they find exciting it it just one of those things will rub off on you and you start to um maybe start to notice those uh animals that we don't you know dogs and we see dogs all the time but it's just that idea of we don't pay attention to birds and 
like I had this thing there, well, it was a couple of years ago and I was cycling home one day and I thought to myself, like, how mad is it? Like, it's not really mad, but like, it just seems I'm mad that all these animals are just over our heads, you know, every day. And we never bat an eyelid to them unless we see something like mad happening, like with a bird or something. But it, it, I think it's weird that I suppose it's just the fact that we're all just get used to the thing and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I had this moment of clarity cycling home on a bike one day and I thought it's pretty mad that all these birds are just knocking around overhead and we just pay no attention to them. Yeah, and I think you it's you can if you want to. Yeah, you, know, you can just it's like you said it's just someone drawing your attention to it, and then you doing it or whoever. Just when you're when, when I'm out, I'm always kind of just watching and looking, and um, I think it in a way it distracts me from my own mind as well. Mm-hmm. And when you I suppose when you're focused on something right in front of you, and um, yeah, it's it's a yeah it's, it's like it's all there you can just choose to yeah. watch it or not and it definitely makes definitely makes me feel better anyway there was um, a I see things yeah there was a bizarre moment actually about maybe 10 seconds before i came up to your stall i saw your stall and there was a young lady walking along with a parrot just like oh, i saw her yeah did you see her I um, did, yeah how could you not see her <laughs> Well, it, do you know what? Because like, you, you heard the, and obviously there's loads of birds knocking around because there's food at the stalls and that. But there was this weird, like, noise that I hadn't heard before, or maybe, you know, maybe I heard it been a long time. And I was kind of looking, going, like, that's a very odd sound. Like, and I was thinking, was it coming through a speaker? What was it? And then this just like this gap in the crowd appeared, and I just saw this young lady with, the, with a massive parrot. And I, like, was she just taking it for a walk? I didn't really, I should have asked her, really. Yeah, it was because we were all going. It, it was. I had no idea they were so big. Yeah, it was huge, wasn't it? Was it? Huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of strange. Um, I was like, oh yeah, but um, it's yeah, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was. It was. It was one of those moments where I was like. I wouldn't see that in that loan. Like, you know, that's that's where we have to kind of travel to go and see a, a parrot. But listen, uh, Ebert. So we, another question we always ask as well is, um, when did you first become aware of mental health? Um, so probably I'd say when I was, um, maybe ni- around 19, mm-hmm. um, I was, I actually studied science before I did art. Um, I did a degree in zoology and, um, I, I, yeah, I think around that time I was having a, I was finding it really difficult in college. I think that the court, no, the, I really loved the course, but it was very, very intense um, I think when I look back now, I kind of understand why I was struggling so much because I'm doing something completely different. I'm doing what I what I feel like is right for me to do. But um, so, yeah, it was around that time. I think I started learning about, you know, that language. That's a lot more. We use a lot more of it today, which is brilliant. Yeah. And but. um, Yeah, it would have been around then around 19 and it's interesting what you were saying when you were introducing your last week's or you were talking about your last week's guest I must listen to that podcast and mm-hmm. um, when you're saying about children and um helping them like we didn't have that growing up oh. and the, I, ju- I was just thinking wow the difference that would have made yeah. um like when you look after children when they're young and provide those supports and um, help them understand, wow, this is why this happens. That that's going to have a knock-on effect in the future and affect yeah. how, affects so much. Um, we we talked uh, about that skill development that we didn't have, like we didn't have as kids and that kind of, yeah. um, you know, this, this I, I say this all the time, but this answer 
to, the answers to these questions have been so far wide and ranging. But I think if you were to, like, if I was to kind of go back and listen, I think from like 15 to 20 years of age seems to be around the time where people, if it's happened to them, it tends to be anxiety and stuff. But we didn't have any, you know, mechanisms in place to kind of deal with it. So it's like we didn't even know what it was. Mm. So it's yeah, and then you can't if you don't know what it is and you don't have any skills, you certainly don't want to talk to your friends about it because then you're like the odd one out then and like oh, there's something odd and that's what it would have been, you know. So yeah. I think I think it's I think it's brilliant. It was the first time I kind of heard of you know that kind of creative mindfulness for kids of that age, you know, being that young, four and five, and I think like hopefully we were chatting about that too about get it getting spread to you know widespread around the country getting to all the schools because you know it, sh- it should be in all the schools yeah yeah you know but i i wanted to ask because I, I i knew you, i knew you did like a um a b yeah got a ba in zo- zoology that's right isn't mm-hmm. it so when you uh you did that and it takes four years mm. so then why like and i know this is what you want to do but then you went and got a ba in in fine art printmaking and that was another four years on top of that yeah um but that was your passion i guess well, I didn't really draw, like I didn't do art as a child. Oh. Yeah, it's really strange how it happened. Um, I I didn't do art in school. We had to do it up to juniors or didn't do it for my leaving cert. Um, but I think I was probably always doodling, but there was no emphasis on art at all. Mm-hmm. Um, my younger sister would have, I was second in the family, so I think we would have been... Um, there was a lot more emphasis on um, doing academic subjects. But then, you know, as you go down the line of families, it can the pressure can yeah. get less. So my younger sister, she did, she was, she's really creative and she did art classes and all that, but it's, it, it, I missed that. But, um, what happened was, but you know, what's interesting. Um, I, cause I was thinking about it when you sent me the questions, I was like, I was doing stuff when I was in college doing zoology, I was doing stuff like pottery and I was always really interested in photography. Um, my dad was is loves photography and um I remember I used to to know what I, I was really interested in developing photographs and the reason I was interested in that was when I saw the film Jaws. Do I don't know if you remember the scene where I think it's Chief Rodian he's developing um, mm-hmm. photographs of you know and it looks like the shark and I was like oh what's that what is that what's yeah. that process because it just you see the photograph just coming through and I remember for years, I was just wondering what it was. And then when I went to college, they had a dark room um, in Trinity. So I used to go in there and develop, you know, develop my photographs. I had no idea that, that was considered creative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it was always there, but I yeah. didn't I didn't recognize it as it was just stuff I was interested in. Um, but how I ended up getting into the art was I ended up when I finished the degree that year and I knew I didn't want to go on to do like a master's. Um, even though the course was incredible, um, it's it's strange. How do I explain it? Um, I did it because it was biology and, you know, I was really interested in nature. I actually wanted to do something like David Attenborough. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that as a child, like probably most a lot of kids did. But when I came out of college, um, it just felt like it had become so academic that I'd lost the heart of nature or something. And um, that was how I felt. I know obviously it's not like that for everyone. But um, and so I went away that year with um, a couple of friends. You went to New York on a J1. And um, 
I ended up by accident getting a job in an art shop. Um, my friend had actually applied for that job and I had applied for a job in a bookshop in Borders in the Twin Towers, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And um, we we changed interviews, I think. So I got the art, jo- art shop job and she got the one in the bookshop. And then when I was there, I was surrounded by all these artists and creatives coming in. I was just working at the cash register and all these materials and paints and paper. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. What a weird, uh, the fact that the, the interviews were switched. It's such a weird thing to happen, you know, to you to find yeah. out that way. Yeah, it's really strange. And um, yeah, and I had, look, I had no idea. I I just remember feeling like, wow. What what is this? And because I'd never been around people like that before. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I came home, worked for a while. Actually, yeah, that was one of the things I, I had done when I was over there. I had this little, I copied off my sister, Paula, who was doing um, at the time she'd gone to Colossus to do interior design or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember I used to see all her stuff when she'd come home and her notebooks. And so I got, you know, with all that, you put all your ideas into it. So I got a little notebook when I was um um when I was away and I used to draw in it or write in it. It was often associated with anxiety. If I'd feel mm-hmm. nervous, I'd take out my notebook and it, it, was, it was almost like it was draining away the whatever was yeah. in my head and I put it into my and again I didn't even know what I wasn't conscious of what I was doing. I know it just helped me help make me feel better, but um so I remember when I came back and um, I think I might have said it to my mom and dad and um, they said, oh, why don't you go and talk to Paula's art teacher? So I brought her my stuff and then she said, oh, wow, OK, why don't you get this stuff, this paint, these pens and do your drawings this way? So it was like it brought it out of the notebooks and it brought it out into the space as a piece of art. And it was just my imagined, it was just imagined mm-hmm. stuff. And um, from there, what happened? Oh, yeah, I ended up getting work in. It was when I look back on it, it was all these little pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. But at the time, you know, when you're in it, you have yeah. no idea. It's just everything is vague and unknown. And um, I ended up getting work. Um, I used to do temp work that year when I came home after New York. And I got, you know, sent around to different places doing receptionist. And I ended up working in the FOSS courses, the FOSS, uh, FOSS places. And one of the, on one of the FOSS places, one of the receptionists on the desk and me said, Oh, there's this art and murals course. You know, if you're interested in art, you should do it. Um, so I ended up doing that. And I ended up also going to art classes with my sister's teacher as well. And again, when I was doing the art and murals course again, I just met all these people and all these creators. And it was just a whole of the world that I felt, um, this makes more sense to me. It's more loose and free. And whereas the other world, the academic world, I felt very, I felt kind of crushed by it, you know? Um, so then when I was there um, with the art teacher um, and the art classes doing, I started doing, she started talking about going to maybe going to college. And mm-hmm. so I did a portfolio. No, I applied for Ballyfermot to do do you know that they do a portfolio course there yeah that's a brilliant college um so I went there I think so I finished my degree 2000 and no 1999 then I think it was the following year I got into Ballyfermot I think that was 2000 so I went there in September 2000 
and then did a portfolio course there to get into art college. Right. So, yeah, I got into art college then and started there in September 2001. But, um, yeah, it was very... <laughs> When I look back, it's kind of a blur mm. and I'm like, how did I even, I don't know, it's it's kind of weird, but I know it's, um, yeah, I definitely did the right thing. Oh, yeah. I, I, journey. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And then like, because it's even after talking to you for a few minutes now, and, and I was going to ask you about kind of your um your style or, or, or like how you got to what you do, you know, but like when you talk about nature, that obviously makes a lot of sense from from just from the outsiders looking in, but even things like uh, Enid Blyton, uh, Lord of the Rings, mm. um, that kind of, uh, um, like folklore, you mentioned folklore on your website, which I know yeah. it was like, was that always a big thing when you were, when you were a kid growing up? Uh, no, but you right. know, it was, and again, I was thinking about it was, um, dad used to take us a lot to places like, um, Newgrange and Tara. And again, I had no idea what they were. But I think all that stuff goes in, doesn't it? Yeah. And I remember one of the subjects I did like in school was Irish. And I loved, um, we had to translate. I don't know what you what you did for your leaving. So we had to t- translate Turiak, uh, the year of the Ogs um, I don't even know what I did for me. When I was there, I didn't even know what I was doing, <laughs> to be honest. Especially with Irish. And I'm that, I hold my hands up. I've talked about this in the podcast. I don't even know 10 words of Irish. And I'm ashamed of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. But regardless of that. Yeah. But um so yeah, I think um the folklore thing, I, I think that's con- very connected to all that fantasy, re- reading fantasy yeah. books, all that kind of stuff. Um, because you know, I would have grown up reading then about warriors and you know, um all that kind of stuff and magic and mm-hmm. and they're they're very close. But I remember doing that translation in Irish and that was so off the wall, but I loved it. And um, yeah, so um, I think I just thought was always interested in it. And <laughs> the other thing, I, the one the one time that I heard Pagan being mentioned in our house was um, from my mom, because when I got christened, I was christened in Kilkenny. And I remember she said that when the priest was christening me, he wasn't impressed that I was called Emer, that I hadn't been given a Christian name because my name was a pagan name. And I was always, wow, what, what is this pagan stuff? You know, yeah. <laughs> how come I have a pagan name? <laughs> but it's, it all goes in, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it just goes to show you have to be careful what you what you what you <laughs> what you name your child yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but another thing i was really interested in um when you talk about different pieces that you're doing you like to travel to different places to yeah. sit and do the piece why is that why um so i like being outdoors i like being in nature i think when i'm outdoors um why do I travel around? I think it's um to go somewhere different because every time I go somewhere new, I feel like um I'm gonna find something different. Mm. Um I think maybe if I was sitting in, in the same space all the time doing work, maybe I wouldn't be as inspired. So like yeah. basically and it's also interesting and you learn things you, you see new images you see new new colors you see new smell or you, you, you you're exposed to new smells it's a different landscape and you you might get lost i always get lost or 
even on the journey, like mm. you're looking for somewhere, you know, those brown signs that never point in the right, right direction. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's always like, um, it takes you out of your, it takes me out of my comfort zone. So it's a, it's a bit of a, sometimes it can be a bit of a challenge. Sometimes it's not, but I just think it's so good to, to, um, it keeps, keeps my, I suppose it keeps things moving. The energy mm. moving keeps me open. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this before. You're, you're gonna, I'm gonna be exposed to new experiences, um, maybe new people. Um, yeah. And it does, cause I, I actually, my last drawing, I was meant to do it. I was only, um, I, I discovered the little cafe. I don't know if you know Farmley, Farmley well in Phoenix Park. No, no. Yeah. I don't know well at all, but my, I went there with a friend for a coffee one day and, um, it was owned, I think the cafe used to be the boathouse that belonged to the Guinness family. Right. And there's a beautiful kind of uh, big pond or a, a lake in front of it. And I thought, oh, well, I'll just go there and see what it's like. And um, it didn't work out in the end. But I discovered there was a lovely sculpture piece by, I don't know, do you know the the gardener Mary Reynolds? Um, it, sound, she, it sounds from... Yeah. Yeah, she used to do the this I think the super garden thing on, on Oh okay, right. That yeah. could be it actually, yeah. Yeah. So I mean I discovered one of her sculptures there, which is called Oh Bun Foundation Stone. And it was like um what it was. So when you walk into the space, um and I again I didn't even know it was there, it was just a big open green space, and all of a sudden there's all these kind of ripples in the ground, but they're concert circle circles. Yeah. And in the centre, there was this big kind of um, a stone, like a cauldron. And then all around the circles. Um, so it was kind of like, yeah, there was all these different stones. And I walked into it. I wasn't sure if, you, if you're supposed to or not. But um, you, it was like you could feel the ripples in the ground. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And then I stepped back from it afterwards. And I was like, oh, my God, it's it's the it's the, the planets. It was a stone. Oh. And it was it was the, the marking out of all the planets and pla- where planet Earth was. And, and I was like, oh, this is so cause it was like a reflection of the cosmos yeah, on, yeah. on the land. And I was like, I wouldn't have found that now if I hadn't gone. Yeah. You know, gone there. So I think you always discover something new. And um, yeah, so I think that's why. And also... I have a list of so many places I want to go to see because mm. I'd often go to, sometimes I like going to heritage sites um, like standing stones, stone circles. So it's a good way for me to see stuff that maybe I would just not bother to go and see them. So. Yeah. That makes sense. And and that's another thing when you, when you talk about that piece, you know, um, the planets and stuff, how does other art forms kind of, seep into your work then because i know you mentioned films uh, again on your website I was looking at it and you mentioned films and whenever someone mentions films i have to bring it up but it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of that thing of like yeah how does that work for you like the 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 inspirations and the influences of other art uh, art forms um so i suppose uh, people ask me that and I, I, my, I think my answer is always it's always actually nature yeah it's always nature yeah i i don't look at other artists really i mean i probably should there are artists that I like and often it's people who I meet at the market on Sundays who tell me, oh, you look at this person or look at that person. Um, I'm not really, I suppose, because I didn't do art history in school either. Yeah. I had to, had to do it in, um, when I was in college and it was interesting, but it's I'm not brilliant at that and I, I wish I was better. Um, but I, my go-to is always nature. So, yeah. and I mean, you can just get lost in looking at a tiny little thing, you know, yeah. tiny flower there. Um 
so um and then film I think I put that in because I just I just love watching films but yeah. for me in film you just get absorbed into it mm. and I know what happens sometimes when I watch films and sometimes um I forget to listen to the dialogue I'm watching all the stuff going on in the background yeah. so you know sometimes you have to watch a film a couple of times then and um but um yeah, I mean, I'm sure film seeps in in certain ways. It depends on the type of film. Often, of course, yeah. Like animation, for example. I mean, like some of those can be wow, amazing, and just colors and how things are laid out. It, it all goes in, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, and that that's what the funny thing about it. And when I'm like when I used to write, it's interesting you talk about going to different places and stuff, which is something that I struggle with sometimes due to anxiety. So I found when I was writing a lot of short stories. This was a few years ago. And I was, I think the reason I stopped doing it was because I was stuck in, in a room or a house and it, the influences, I think you have to go places and it doesn't have to be like, obviously you're doing it for one reason. Someone else will do it for completely different reason, but it's the hearing a certain snippet of a conversation or seeing something that's like really beautiful. Like you were saying about the the planets and uh, you know, even, those kind of things are influential, even if you don't really remember it, kind of, you might remember it subconsciously, but it's not in the front of your brain. And films were another thing for me where I was almost uh, like, I have to watch them a couple of times as well for, for those reasons that I'll, maybe I will get drawn in with the dialogue and forget what's going on around it. Um, but they do. And you, you try not to allow them to influence your work too much because obviously you don't want to rip off the, the artist. And, you know, and, and that's another thing I want to talk about, actually, as, as I go along. I don't want to forget this piece because it's important enough to me that when I saw your work, it wasn't like something that I had seen before. Um, now, I didn't study art history at, at school either. And um, I am catching up, I think, now. And I'm starting to admire the people that I dismissed maybe 20 years ago as like, you know, like something like Rothko or, or Pollock, where it was just like large, you know, paintbrushes or flicking the paint at the at the canvas. And I thought to myself, like, well, a child could do that, but it's not exactly, it doesn't exactly work that way. So when I was looking at your uh, art, it's the, the fine details of it is what kind of gets me because I would imagine, and this is from someone who's never really drawn anything. I imagine these pieces that you do, they take a little bit of time and they're a lot of concentration. Are you able to, when you go to those places and you're, you know, sketching out your ideas, does it have to be silence? Can you, can there be traffic? Can there be, can you listen to music or does it have to be you and that piece of art, you know, just, just the two of you? Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's just me and nature and the drawing. That's it. And I always try to go somewhere where I won't be, there won't be dis- disturbance, um, where somebody won't be walking behind me or, yeah, or preferably there won't be anyone. I just, I go into my own little bubble. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I just, I literally just sit down. I, I, a lot of the time, sometimes I like going to somewhere where I'll have to walk for half an hour. Yeah. Cause then you kind of get in tune with what's around. Um, And when I draw, then I literally have one page set up and I just draw. It could take about two, three hours to do a small amount, but I, I'm... I'm just concentrating on the line and I don't have no plan, have no idea what it's going to be. And I just let it kind of, it 
just does what it wants to do. And I fo- I follow the line, I suppose, in a way. And um, sometimes it might take two, three days to go back to the same place or go back to a different place. But I think it's very much about just um, being, I'm not going to say no, because my head would be quite busy as well. And I think, um, I'm not going to say when I'm outdoors, my head stops, it doesn't, but yeah. I think my attention shifts to somewhere mm. else. And I think that's the difference. And also I'm never drawing it for anyone else. I'm always just doing it for myself and what yeah. I'm feeling. And I think that's what why I enjoy doing them because I'm never worried, oh, this is going to work. This isn't going to work. Um, Or they like this. I never think about my customers or who's going to buy it. And somehow I've managed to do that. And I really like that. And I just keep keep working that way now. And somehow it, it works. People people buy like when I make the prints, people. Um, yeah, people like them. And it's, it's I'm yeah, it's, I'm delighted. <laughs> well, uh, and why do you why do you think people do like it? What Like. Because I, I think it's very across the board age wise. I think it's something that you could put in a, ch- a child's room, but I think it's yeah. also something that you could have on your, your your own wall and and admire it. You know, I think it's. I don't think a lot of art is like that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it seems to be accessible. Yeah, to a lot of people, and I'm always really surprised. Mm. And of course, I meet all my customers at the market, which is brilliant. And. I don't know what it is. Obviously, it's very niche. Some people like it. Some people really don't like it. And they might tell you. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, at the at the not not in, not to you, but to their friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's good to it's good to hear that as well. But um, so I don't know. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's because I draw it outdoors. And like one lady said to me one day, "Oh, I can feel I can feel something from your paintings." And um, I was like, "Oh." really interesting so I don't know they must be picking up on something I think maybe it's because I feel happy when I'm doing them when I'm making them Mm -hmm. when I'm drawing them so I I paint them um afterwards like uh, indoors if I if sometimes if I can I'll go outside but often there's a lot of dust and stuff but um yeah so they must uh, and I do enjoy painting on all the details and it's it's again it's it's so concentrated that again I, I forget about other things or worries and um so and I love the colors and I just really enjoy it so they must I suppose like any kind of um anything that people make if there's so much you can sense that stuff like in in things sometimes that that love or joy or you know I think when you when you feel it in in music or Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we can pick up on that stuff, can't we? I, so that's I, what it is. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's one of those things that I I do notice and, and prop, maybe in music more because music goes back furthest with, with me. But yeah. you can hear when the bands or the artists are excited about what they're doing. And then you can hear when they're just throwing out a second album there because they need to put out a second album. You yeah. know, and, and I think it, it has to be the same in every art form. Like it has to be noticeable in every art form. And the love and the detail and the attention that you put into the into your work, like I said, because it is so detailed, I don't think someone could do that if they didn't love what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a lot of patience and take it takes time and determination. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. And it's it's very satisfying when I finish one as well. But I, I'm like it's I am a total perfectionist as well, which is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, I do I really I do like them. Like they make me smile. So, yeah. you know, they make me feel good. And uh yeah, so it's 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 it works. And that must be a lot of like you mentioned already, that must be very 
rewarding and heartwarming that you you do have the stall. So it's you know you do have a connection with your customers. Yeah, I I I love like I only started doing Dunleary. I think was it maybe two a year and a half ago before I was in a place called Cows Lane in town, and I was there for ten years on a Saturday. Um, but yeah, I um I don't know how else I would have met my customers mm-hmm. and. You know, the thing is, we have such great chats about so like you said about folklore, story, where where places I can go, where they've gone. And we just have these really interesting conversations that I wouldn't probably wouldn't get anywhere else. Um, And I'm meeting people from all over the world as well. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. it's just it's just. Re- yeah, it's brilliant. And um, yeah, so it's, it's good. It, it, somehow it's just. It just works the way I have it set up. I never intended it to be this way. I never knew how it was going to work out. And right now this is how it's worked out. So, yeah. That was my, when I was, uh, I'd been to Dunleary a number of times, but I'd never been down that far. Yeah. And my mom had said to me, go down to the People's Park. And I, you know, um, for some reason didn't say where's the People's Park. So it was kind of followed the tents, kind of a thing. So not the tents, but you know what I mean? And yeah. it, we, we went to like uh, the wrong spot. It was just before it where there was food and stuff. And it was like, you know, that's not it. So we walked it down a, a bit further than that. But what I like about those kind of, um, you know, places where they have stalls set up, there's a, like a real proper community feel to it. And I think people now, not me, but people outside of Dublin think that Dublin's just this big metropolis that, you know, nobody talks to each other. They're all rushing around it. And it's it's simply not true. Like I said, like um, my mom's in Black Rock there. You go through the Black Rock market, lovely people. Mm-hmm. Everybody's real friendly. Um, It's good to know, I think, that there's genuine like, you know, places for people to go and feel that kind of atmosphere in Dublin. Because um, I'm on a crusade to convince people outside of Dublin that because I went to school in Dublin. So I did a bit of a connection. Yeah. So I, I do have a bit of a connection, obviously. Um, so I'm on a bit of a cru- crusade to think that Dublin is big, like, and it's not just O'Connell Street, you know, it's mm-hmm. a big place. But going up to that, like, um, going up to that market and seeing the different stalls that they have, and there's lots of different stalls there, lots of different types of things up there. And, you know, I don't feel comfortable in a lot of places, but it was something, there's something quite nice about it. And I do like the fact that like there's uh, genuine people there, uh, be it the people that are, you know, have stalls and people that are walking around and there's a kind of community. And, you know, I'm glad that I was able to kind of come across your work and see it that way. And in a, in a, in a, I suppose in an organic way, like, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I wonder if like all the stuff you talked about at the start, those kind of coincidences, this is kind of a, the coincidence that happened for me. And I was like, I'll be interested to get him around the podcast. Mm-hmm. Hopefully she says yes. Um, I did want to mention this. Now, this is kind of a little bit off topic, right? But well, it's not actually. But so when I was looking at this again, so, so I was looking, I love it. I love the car, right? It's on my Thanks. desk here. Um, have you ever seen the film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen it? Okay, right. There's a, there's this like, I haven't thought of that film in, you know, like, I don't know when it came out, but say 20, 30 years, I haven't thought of that film. The, and you mentioned about your dad, the love of nature and lift, mm. lifting up the worms and stuff. You know, those, there's scenes in Honey, I'm Showing the Kid where the camera's like right in, obviously this make-believe garden and stuff like that. Yeah. It brought me into that idea of being that close to nature, you know, being in, and I know we've spoken about this, but you're in like because this is only a card I have. You're obviously make bigger, bigger pictures than that. So 
I like that fact that like you're in the minuscule, like you're in the, I don't know how you get the eye for being within that grass or within the, you know what I mean? Like I'm probably not wording it right, but within those flowers and within those little animals that you have. And it remind it reminds me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Is that a good thing? I suppose it is a good thing. Yeah, I love that film. Yes. <laughs> it's such a good film. Um, yeah, it's a good thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think one of my customers said that to me once about, she said, I'd love to walk through your paintings mm. as a tiny person. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I think I just look when I'm in nature, like I'm always looking and I go, I go out in my walks, like at the moment when I'm down at um, Bull Island, um, Certainly, you know, with the different seasons, there's different creatures come in, birds. But, you know, in March, you have like, because it's if there's rain, all the, the certain areas fill up with water mm-hmm. and like certain times then you'll see the frog spawn. But I, I'll sit and just look and just be like, this is so cool. Yeah. And now, now all the frogs, the, the tadpoles are there. So I, I was walking the other day and there's one one little pond I often visit just to check how they're doing. And um, you know, when you look at something at the start and um, I saw one or two tadpoles and then all of a sudden I saw more like it, it's just it's like it reveals itself to you. Yeah. And then you're looking and the whole the whole pond was actually moving. And at the start, I hadn't seen it. So it's like your your eyes adjust. And um, yeah, but I would I would look a lot of very closely at things um mm. just how I suppose how things are because the shapes and tiny little flowers um and anything and spite like everything yeah. <laughs> we, we had a we had i don't know if you know collie ennis he's a he's like a, a an expert on arachnids and stuff like that and he's, he's so kind of clever and informative and that led me into looking at things a bit differently and then um we had a botanist on and again that was something that led me to kind of think and, and see things differently where i am uh, right beside a bog here and the, you know there's just so much animal life and stuff around and plant life around the bog and stuff which i wasn't taking in so since i started doing this podcast and talking to people like we were saying about your dad like if they're you know really into it and enthusiastic about it, you do start to see things differently you know you mm-hmm. see like you were saying you look at something it's two tadpoles all of a sudden you next minute it's like full of tadpoles and your eyes are opened and i think i'm kind of starting to realize that finally starting to realize that like that the beauty is is kind of can be around you you know it's not just mm-hmm. you don't have to go looking for it in in you know national parks or whatever way you want to look at it. i think it's just right there and um i i suppose i haven't really been looking at that i've i've just been kind of um walking around you know to, well i maybe it was the breakthrough with the birds over my head a couple of years ago that got me into the kind of idea but definitely this podcast has been able to uh, as showing me that you know there's so much stuff around there and i like that like you know i can see it now and um seeing it through your artwork as well like you know the Mm -hmm. fact that you can see it the way you do um so when you are in uh how did you get actually i wanted to actually ask you about that so if you were setting (laughs) up a stall in dunleary for instance like do you have to like get a you know a permit what way does that work yeah, you just apply to the council. Right. It's really simple. And that's that's what I did. I mean, I, I remember 10, was it 10 or 12 years ago when I tried to get in? I couldn't get in because it was full. And then that's why I went to Cows Lane. And uh, yeah, so that's all you do. And then you, yeah. you have to provide your own. You bring everything, gazebo, tables, everything. So it's all on you then. And uh, yeah, you just get your license and that's it. 
very straightforward. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad. And tell us a bit then about like, you know, how does uh, someone get confident enough in their work to say, I'm going to sell it now? Um, I... Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a yeah. That's a very broad question. But I apologize. No, it's fine. Um, I think I just I I I I wasn't when I started, but I just did it. I actually started in St Anne's Park, which is near me as well, and I did that was two thousand and nine. Did that for a year, and it was it didn't really work. So it was so local, and then yeah, started again in two thousand and twelve in in the city centre, and um, I was. I think I was always mortified. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're standing right behind it, and yeah. like, it's like people come up and they say things, and they don't realize that you're that you can hear. Well, no, I don't know. Maybe they realize that you can hear. Yeah, but they say what they they think, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good. But um, um, God, do you know, I don't know if because there'd be times I would have done other craft shows and maybe I wouldn't have felt so confident. Maybe there would have been other people around and like, oh my God, their stuff is amazing. Mine yeah. is amazing. So I think I'm always working on that and it always comes back to me going, this is what I do. This is me. And it's really kind of accepting that because I can, I can still get a bit like wobbly about it and mm. be like, oh, I'm only doing this. I should be doing that. And I'm not as good as, and I mean, it doesn't really get you anywhere though, does it? It do, it definitely doesn't, and I like. I know it's easy to say you just have to put yourself out there because that that that's a kind of a, a kind of an almost like a flippant remark. But when it really comes down to it, and you want to do something in in the arts, um, and you've got something there, I think you kind of do have to maybe just whether it's um confidence issues or whatever it might be. Look, if if you put it out there and it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell. But like, you know, if you put it out there and it's and I know it's not all about money and, and selling stuff as well, but there's a reward to putting all the hard work in and, and there probably should be a reward. So it is kind of just that, look, I'm going to put it out there, see what happens. Fingers crossed, hope for the best. And and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But like, it's it's all about like being there. Actually, yours are for, for sale on your on your website. Mm, yeah, yeah. What's what's your website? Oh, it's emerbrennan.com simple as that i like it um we always ask emer as well what do you like to do in your spare time uh oh it's loads of stuff. well walking yes part of do you know what all the stuff i do in my spare time is kind of linked into yeah. my work um so i i love going out walking uh swimming actually mm-hmm. I, I used to before covid i would have done swimming um just in the swimming pool but then when covid hit actually it was only last year I wasn't really into all the sea swimming thing, but I do yeah. do it now. Right. And only because I got a proper, because I, I got really cold. I kind of got a suit that covers my arms. And um, so I love swimming and I like things that obviously make me feel good. Yeah. And I love like reading, uh, like folklore, folktales, mythology, anything, fantasy, films. Yeah. Don't know where to be without them. Um <laughs> What's your favorite? What's your here's what here's another broad one. What's your what's your favorite film? Are you able to answer that question? Yeah, Twelve Angry Men. Really? I I say it every time. Oh, yeah, I love that film. Oh God, I love oh, it. Oh my yeah. God, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I saw that years ago by accident, and yeah, wow, that's yeah, yeah. it's incredible. I, I can't. Anytime people ask me, I say, oh, I'd have to make a list. I'd have yeah. to do categories. Yes, <laughs> by year. 
So I don't know. There's there's so many. And no, so, I, yeah. I won't put. I, you're right. You know that, and I, I I won't put you on the spot. And I'm I'm one of those people who make lists regularly. I do like making lists, so it's very easy for me to answer. Say top ten films, top ten songs, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just one of and books or authors. Like I, I have so many lists, and it, it's a tough question to to uh, to um to answer. Like. Um, I just picked up on the stuff about you liking reading as well. And there was something I didn't actually mention. You actually uh, would put kind of a story to each mm. painting you do. What's the what's the reason behind that? Uh, I, I'm not sure, but actually it's probably one of the things why people are drawn in as well. They, a lot of people I find connected to that as well. Um, I think maybe my interest in oh I love storytelling as well like not not doing it but going to storytelling and I think that's 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 in that's in Ireland that's a real yeah. well I think it is um uh yeah uh, is it is it also the fact that I'm this is the way I kind of like to see something like that obviously the 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 piece of work in itself is is your own if you buy it off you that's your own but there's something even more um personalized about it i suppose the fact that you've got not just the piece of work on the wall but you've got a story behind it and the i, I think it makes a, a great companion to the piece mm, yeah and i think sometimes when i'm when i'm doing it i'm trying to figure out for myself whatever's going on what 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 do I want to say? And a lot of the times, as you probably know, they're kind of um, how would I say them? They're like maybe the stories they have like a little message in them. They're supportive. So I think I'm probably doing that for myself in a mm-hmm. way, um, just to remind myself, you know, to you know, you know, sometimes if things aren't going well, sometimes it could just take one small little thing to give you a spark of something of, of a little bit of light like it, it could be a film or it can be a book or and sometimes that's all you need and yeah may, maybe that's why I do it because maybe I think I needed that and sometimes need that and so maybe yeah, I just do it for myself and it's a way for me to keep bringing myself back when you fall yeah. off balance and sometimes yeah just the the words can help because it's I suppose if you just had the image um you know you can read them in so many ways or you can they feel different to different people but yeah I I just really like having the and yeah just my interest in in story as well and yeah I I just I love reading books where do you ever read a book where um you're reading and you forget you're reading because you're so immersed in the world I love when that happens because yeah. the writing is so good. And like, that's wow. So, but that's yeah. what I imagine that, uh, you know, all artists feel like when they're creating something that, because it goes back to mindfulness as well, but it's about the idea of, you know, losing yourself in that artwork, you know, and, and like whether you're writing the book or reading the book or, you know, painting or looking at the painting. That like that's to me what art is kind of about with the mm-hmm. idea you know losing yourself in that piece of work and that's why you love it and then there's other things that you can't connect with and that's why you don't love it you know it's just, I I do think I find that in your work and I think I find that in you know something like Twelve Angry Men even like you just forget what's going on around you because that film is so perfect on that level um so yeah I think that's what it is to be honest and I but I just love the the personal touch of a story to go along with the painting really. 
yeah yeah you know? it's yeah and um yeah i think we, we need that because we're we're so you can get so busy in your mind mm-hmm. and sometimes you just need to be brought back to that kind of more calmer space or yeah just just to slow things down yeah it's, it's you know we we get so fast and yeah to bring you back to just something more I don't know something <laughs> something, something else something else um Emer yeah. you said it's emerbrennan.com where else can people find you so I am at the Dunleary People's Park Market every Sunday all year round and my, yeah my website yeah com. you can find me on Instagram as well um so it's Brennan art on Instagram so that's where I am yeah sounds good Emer oh, um yeah, it was a it was a pleasure talking to you, and um, thank you very much for uh, spotting that I couldn't find a pen that day and giving me a card so I could get in contact with you. It was very helpful. <laughs> yeah, no, it was lovely chatting to you as well. Thanks, and thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no worries at all. Um, yeah. Can you stick around for a minute? I'll close it out. We'll get a photo, sure. and we'll be on our way. All right. Um, I wanted to say also thank you very much to John for doing what he always does with the tech side of stuff. I always thank my mum, my dad, granddad, Jer, and Calvin. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you would. We're also on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And then the podcast platforms, all the usual ones, Spotify, Apple Anchor, Google Podcasts. Um, most importantly, thanks everyone for, for tuning in. And Emer, once again, thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right, everyone. See you next week. Bye.